Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. One more time, give Jesus a great big hand clap all over the world. Praise the Lord. Before you're seated, I just wanted to say something. What is the deal with those dragonflies? You must be used to them. I thought I drove into the book of Revelation this afternoon. I was freaked out. There was like a cloud of dragonflies at my house. I guess it doesn't bother you. I uh, almost had a nervous breakdown at about 4 or 4.30. Great to be back with you in Alaska. How many of you ready for God to do something great tonight? Can you say amen? You can be comfortably seated. I want you, if you have your Bible, to open it with me to Acts chapter 1. Actually, before you get to Acts 1, just on the way, stop at Luke 3. Luke 3. Everybody knows John 3.16. This is Luke 3.16. Luke 3.16. Luke, the third chapter in the 16th verse. John the Baptist answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming who is mightier than I. Everybody say mightier than I. Who's so much greater than me, I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. He will baptize you, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Turn to John chapter 7. John, the seventh chapter. John chapter 7, verse 37. John seven thirty-seven. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, Rivers of living water will flow out from his belly or from within. When he said living waters, he was speaking of the Spirit who had not yet been given but would be given to all who believe. Everybody say all who believe. believe. Because religion tries to make, which I didn't know because I didn't grow up around uh, religious people. Pastor Daniel was telling you about my father. My my dad's a Spirit-filled preacher, but I guess it took till I was about 16 or 17 till I found out that people... People thought that that wasn't for today, that that was just something that God did in the, in the Bible, that you couldn't be filled with the Holy Ghost, but they got to me too late. I had already been filled with the Holy Spirit at about age six at a, at a summer camp in Pennsylvania, uh, actually first in Indiana. My dad called all of the teenagers to stand across the front. There's about a thousand kids in an airplane hangar, and I was there, I was six, you know, but my dad was the speaker, so I just came up with them. And then my dad did what the Lord had spoken to him to do, which was have them all line up shoulder to shoulder and then just say, in Jesus' name, be filled with the Holy Spirit and then be quiet. And so for the first five seconds, which if you're the preacher, feels like about an hour, there wasn't any movement. But then after about five seconds, there were about three people in the middle that started to bubble up in tongues and then it spread down through the whole line. All thousand kids got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, including me. And then at seven years old, I went to the kids' camp for the first time again. Obviously, there's, there's no teaching when you're six on praying in tongues. They just 
glue, glue pretzels to construction paper and stuff <laughs> while you wait for your parents to get done. So I just thought that was something that happened when you got filled uh, initially, and then you just wait till there's another good service and do it again. Then seven, I get refilled. Uh, my mother taught me about how that's not something that you're just supposed to do here and there, that you can actually, the Bible says, Paul said, praying always in the Holy Spirit. And so then you find out, you get older and find out that that's a big problem with people. Some of you have family. They don't mind if you go to church, but when you start coming to this one, they go, oh, you go to that church. Why do you have to go to that church? Because the devil, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, he gives signs of the last days. And in verse 5 he said, Timothy, know this. In the last days, men will have a form of godliness. Say that with me. Say form of godliness. But they will reject the power thereof. Listen to that. They will reject the power that could actually make them godly. Then it says have nothing to do with people like that. And so the devil doesn't mind how many churches are built. If the amount of churches in a nation could, could swing a country, America would have been saved a long time ago. Even in a place like Alaska that's not a massive population hub, you have to drive by, you got to drive by a church, a Lutheran church down the hill from this one to go, to go up. There's churches everywhere. But if a church doesn't carry the power of God, if the people there are not filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost, then they don't offer anything of what God said he wanted done. In fact, in John, turn to John chapter 14. John the 14th chapter. John chapter 14 verse 10. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? This is Jesus speaking. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work that you see me do. I tell you the truth. Anyone, there it is again, not the 12 apostles. Everybody say anyone. anyone. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me, the same works that you see me do, you shall do and greater. You will do, not you'll believe in, you will do the same works I do and greater. And then they obviously were standing there like this. And so he reiterates it. Yes, you can ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Not I might do it, I will do it. So that the son can bring glory to the father. Again, exact same. Yes, because ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. John 14, 12. He that believeth on me, whosoever believes in me, Whoever believes in me, the same work that you saw me do, you shall do and greater. For I go to the Father on your behalf. And then he was telling how it was going to happen. In that day, rivers of living water will flow out from within. Now, I'm in a great place to, to tell you about rivers and what a river can do because, and then, you know, let, let's contrast it with a well. You have a lot of probably higher percentage of people in this part of Alaska or in Alaska in general have to have well water than you do if I was preaching in Manhattan or Pittsburgh or Philadelphia where you have city water. How many of you have wells that you had to get done on your land and then they do kind of a, a terrible job on purpose so that they have to come back every six months and fix it? If you find a well, 
A well has the ability to affect one house. If it's a good enough well, you might be able to do a group of houses off the same well. That's what a well can do. But a river, somebody tell me the name of a, of a big river in uh, Matanuska. You have a river, you take the Matanuska River, you take uh, the Nile River in Egypt. You can go on Google Maps. It's at nighttime when you look at Egypt. There's nothing outside of the Nile River, and you can see where the river is just because of all the electricity, that everything in Egypt runs along that Nile River. A, a well can affect a house. A river has the power to affect entire nations. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to give you a drop of my spirit. He said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. You, are, you already heard that your pastor likes me, so I'm not saying this to score points with him. I'm saying this because it's the absolute truth. You have a room full of people right now that you're here because the river that got on the inside of Pastor Daniel at some point flowed out onto you and affected you to the point where you thought, I, that I found my home there. I can tell God's in that man. When he speaks, he's not sharing a kind message with me. I can tell that God's word is in that. That river has now got to the point where this building, was this where you started or no? When you took the church? Yeah, how many were here when you got here? 20 to 30. And then the river starts flowing, and now, who would have thought, I guarantee you, somebody would have prophesied to Pastor Daniel when he got here with 20 to 30 people that the day will come where you'll have to do three services on Sunday morning and one at night, and it still won't be enough to get everybody in, and you'll have to build a building up on that hill. He would have done what I probably would do in a situation like that, which is lift your hands, say, praise the Lord. But you know the kind of praise the Lord I mean, like, Keep dreaming. <laughs> but now you look. It's only been a handful of years, and already the building's outgrown. And I guarantee if it was at 20 to 30, whoever was here before that, there was a problem with the river. Because when the river flows, it's a life-giving river that comes from within. It comes from the Holy Ghost, and it affects people wherever they're at. And Jesus did not make it an option. Turn to Acts chapter 1. Jesus made it a command. Acts the first chapter. Acts chapter 1. When you get to Acts chapter 1, you can go to verse 4. Thanks. Acts 1, 4. Once when Jesus was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Listen to that. The disciples had been with Jesus for three and a half years, and Jesus tells them, don't do anything. Don't start a Bible study. Don't go out street witnessing. Don't do a thing until you receive that which the Father promised. For John baptized you in wa with water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized with or in the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And Jesus replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know. But you will receive power. Now, I, was, I told you I was raised in, in full gospel church listening to my dad preach, so I didn't even know there were other religions. But if you study other religions, the thing that separates Christianity from all the other ones, no God, two things. There is no other God that claims to love the people that follow him. 
You do what he says or else. He doesn't give a rat's patoot about you. There's no God that claims to love the people, but God loves. God so loved the world. Not once you start following him, he loved you anyway. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And on that subject, the Bible says, if he spared not, Romans chapter 8, if he spared not even his only son, how much more? Everybody say, how much more? How much more will he give us all these other things? So the fact that God gave his son shows that he won't spare anything else. And look what it says. God said, Jesus said, you will receive power. He's not talking about demon power. That's the only power most people know about. That's why people that aren't Holy Ghost people, if they hear, if you came and testified, if you put on Facebook that you get healed in tonight's service, you'll have some devil crawl out of the woodwork. That's the devil. That's not really God. Because churches that don't know the power of God, they, they think, well, then if anything happens, it has to be the devil. But no. God didn't leave us on the earth to fight against a supernatural wicked power and not give us any supernatural power of our own. He gave power under the church to walk in victory. If you're thankful for that power, put those anointed Alaskan hands together and give Jesus a mighty shout of praise. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so, you know, most people, they've never been around the, the Holy Ghost. They've never been around the things of the Spirit by design, by the enemy. And then uh, they watch movies. So Hollywood's all just about demonic power. Every, every Halloween, there's a story about a haunted house, and some priest comes in shaking with a cross, and then a voice comes in over, over the loudspeaker, Get out. And then the wind blows, and the priest gets thrown out. So when people think of power... The devil's done a good job that people, oh, the de the demons and witches. And yeah, there's three um, girls that live down the street that they practice witch. And all they know is about spiritual power. But I'm going to tell you something. I've gotten so drunk on the knowledge of this other power that Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. The same way John baptized you in water, I will immerse you in the Holy Spirit. And then he told you what will happen. He didn't say, and you shall dance when you receive the Holy Spirit, though dancing's wonderful. He didn't say, you'll shout, though shouting's wonderful. He said, you will receive power, supernatural power that'll give you the ability to do what you know you have to do so that there's not a disconnect, so that Christianity doesn't just stay in your head. You'll actually have it flowing like a river in your heart. Anybody that's sitting here knows what it's like to know something in your head and not have it in your heart. And that's how most people's Christianity is. They know they're not supposed to do wrong, but in their heart, they want to do wrong. I know I'm not supposed to get drunk, but in your heart, you know, you're never going to stay free from alcohol if you love alcohol in your heart. You're never going to not go to clubs if you love partying. So it actually takes a, what God said, a new heart do I give you so that you, so that you can follow him because otherwise it's like dieting. Anybody in the McDonald's drafter right now knows they're not supposed to be there. <laughs> you, you could quiz every one of them, 100%. Oh, I know. I'm basically choosing an early death. I understand. <laughs> Their head knows it. I, I was going back from Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's meeting in uh, a couple weeks back, and, you know, by the time he gets out, then I stayed with him and talked for about two hours. You know, it's late. Every place is closed. So and I was hungry. And I know, I know, I would basically sworn off fast food, but I was hungry. And then you smell. I don't know if they have something that kicks the smell out of the place to lure you in. Like, 
like the sirens for the old sailors. And I pull in. Man, it's a wonder everybody isn't 600 pounds in this country. It's impossible. I go in. I say, you know what? I'm going to have one quarter pounder, no fries, no soda, just that to put on my stomach. You go in. I'd like a quarter pounder. You just want one? Yes, just one. Because we'll throw in a second one for like 30 more cents if you want. All right. Yeah, I'll take, I'll, I'll take a second one. And before you know. Now, my head, every bite my head was telling me, you're dumb. You're not supposed to do that. But my stomach was going, yes, good job. Me like you. Because it's in my head. But if your heart wants to go away, and that's how most people's Christianity is. They know they're supposed to be in church. They know they're supposed to give. They know they're supposed to do all the things that they preach, but their heart is headed in another direction. But God has a supernatural cure for that. He said, that's why I told him, don't do anything. Don't try to be like me. (laughs) How are you going to try to be like Jesus? How many of you know we need to try to be more like him? Give that a try and let me know how it goes. He raised the dead. You have trouble getting up before noon. And then, to, to compound the ridiculousness of it, you have churches, which we won't mention any names down the hill, but you'll have churches, whole denominations. that they're, they're not, not that they don't touch it. They don't believe in the Holy Ghost. We don't believe in that. We don't talk about that. Yet they'll still tell the people they need to live like Jesus without the power of God's Spirit. The disciples, Peter was a train wreck. He couldn't even come close to living like Jesus when he was doing it in his own power. They couldn't pray with him. Lord, teach us to pray. We see how you're doing it. We try and we fall asleep. Show us what you're doing. Jesus told him, I can't show you how to be like me, but if you'll stay in that room, I'm going to send my power into you and you will receive power. Can I tell you something tonight in Wasilla? That's what tonight's going to be. Tonight is going to be an upper room meeting in Wasilla, Alaska, where every frustrated person that's trying to live for God is going to leave with a river of life flowing out from within. Come on, if you receive that today, take 15 more seconds. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. You shall receive power. I wouldn't even want to try to be alive in 2019 not carrying the power of God. You would fold like a cheap suit. There's pressure on every side. And if you try to do it by being a good little boy or girl, or I'm going to try to do it, you know, my family's doesn't really, you ain't going to make it. It takes a river that flows out from within. Watch what happens. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. Say, I will receive power. The Bible says you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts, the second chapter, the first verse. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were meeting. Then what looked like flames, not little sparklers, flames, 
wasn't a gentle breeze. It was a mighty windstorm. We don't like noise. Well, then go find another religion. This is the birth of the church. Started noisy. Jesus shouted to the crowd, we are not monks waiting to fight Bruce Lee. The Bible says, if the Spirit of the Lord, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I will dance. The Bible says that he's a quickening, life-giving spirit. Can you say amen? Can you say a better amen? amen? Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And then the leaders came and said, a breeze, could you please? God is a big God. Roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Ghost and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance or gave them the ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, there it is again. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native tongues. Verse 9, here we are. Then he lists all the places they're from, about 14. And we all hear, verse 11, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd mocked them. Everybody say mocked them. So from day one, you see that the devils had the same strategy. He can't stop the power of the Holy Spirit. He can't do anything about it except to mock it and get people to be ashamed of it. That's all he tries to do now. Why do you got to go to that church? You really believe in that time? So that people back off of the thing that is their only ticket to living in a life of dominion and victory. But you know what? I'm thankful that we have a room full tonight of men and women of all ages that don't give a hoot what the world thinks, but say, I want what God has for me. If that sounds like you, shout amen like thunder. And everyone presents for everybody. I'm so glad when I stood up in that line with a thousand teenagers. That the Holy Spirit didn't come to me and say, what are you doing standing here? This is for teenagers. No, God didn't care. He saw I was hungry at six years old. He saw that I loved him and I wanted that. And he filled me along with the 19-year-olds and everybody else that was there. God, God doesn't discriminate based on color or sex or nationality or income. God only discriminates on the basis of hunger. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled everybody say hunger why don't you lift your right hand up to God and pray a prayer that will keep you doing well your whole life very simple say father let my hunger grow for the things of God let my hunger increase for your power in Jesus, name. in Jesus' name. God will answer that prayer tonight. 
Blessed are they that are hungry and thirsty. Don't listen to all these bozos. We seek, we seek the giver. We don't seek the gifts. You're stupid. Because God actually said in his word, covet earnestly the best gifts. You're to desire, in my translation, desire, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. What dummy was, uh, you know, I'm a father and a husband now, but I just want to, it's not important to me whether I do it in the anointing or whether I do it with my own. No, it'll make a big difference, Jack. The Holy Spirit will hook you up. The Holy Spirit will show you where to go. The Holy Spirit will show you what to say. He'll give you the answer. Can you say amen? Amen. You want to hear an awesome story? Because I'm going to tell you whether you want to hear it or not. When Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's daughter died at 18 years old, his son Kenneth went into a shell. You know, it affects the family. It's like the divorce rate's like 80 plus percent if you, if you lose a child. It, it wrecks everything. That's why the Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not done at the killing. He wants to wipe the whole thing out. So Kenneth goes into a shell and just starts playing a, a, a video game, one of the first R, uh, RPG games on the computer where you go around looking for actual people to shoot on the game. And so, you know, just in his room, hours a day, won't come out, not interested in church. Dr. Rodney starts praying for him. And you know what the Holy Spirit speaks to him to do? I'll just answer it by telling you what he did. He buys the game in his 40s, late 30s, early 40s. Dr. Rodney Howard Brown buys the game, makes a screen name, gets a character, learns how to play, gets tutorials so he can be good at it, then goes into the game, finds Kenneth in the game. Hits his back, his character's back, and when he turns around and shoots him and types in the chat, gotcha. And he, he sees in all caps, Dad? <laughs> and Ke- Kenneth comes out of the room, takes the headset off, and says, you found me. And he was out of the room and back with it from then. The Holy Ghost knows the way, knows the key to everybody's heart. The Lord will give you practical things. Hallelujah. So the only strategy the devil has against it is to mock. I'll tell you what what I feel like right now. I feel like this is the next day after the Friday that we quit with last year where it was packed. You can tell it's like the same flow. This is going to be an awesome week. Even, Even right now. Even right now. It normally takes till about Wednesday or Tuesday to get to, to where we are, right, how it feels. People, you can tell people are hungry right now. I'm going to tell you, right, if I was a proper evangelist, I would say, now you keep coming back every day and by Friday. But I'm going to just tell you the truth. Right tonight, there's not one family that's going to have to leave this building carrying any burdens that they walked in here with. The burden bearer is going to lift those burdens, destroy those burdens, and you're going to leave with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an awesome God. So the devil's strategy is to mock it. He can't stop it. He can only get you to disdain it. I don't think you need to do all that. I don't think you need to fall. Funny how other people got no problem with falling and rolling on the floor from alcohol. Suddenly, it shouldn't be done in church, though, in my, in my theological opinion. Just mock it. Mock the manifestations of it. But I want you to notice, God put it on display to launch the church. But I don't say they all spoke in tongues and then the Holy Spirit came back and said, guys, come on, keep it down. You don't have to get out of control with it. I'm so happy because I know, I know my, 
in my spirit. You know, I know my enemy. I, like I know my God. I know the devil thought, well, I can't stump these people, but at least they're in this building out of the way. Now you're going to be in a building where people will be forced to drive by and hear sounds and know that God is still on the move in Alaska. And broken people will know that you can still call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Get ready for the greatest year that you've ever had in Jesus' mighty name. But others in the crowd were mocking. They're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles. Who stepped forward? Nah, can't be him. There's no way. I just read about Peter a couple, cha- couple pages back where a girl comes up. Aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? You blankety blank. If you ask me that one more time, I don't even know who he is. So how in the world does a P- Peter go from denying Christ to a girl at a campfire to now there's over 3,000 grown men like a mob? You people are drunk. And Peter steps forward, no microphone, no bullhorn, just lungs and the anointing. Listen to me, all you people of Jerusalem. Some of you are saying that these people are drunk, but it isn't true. People don't get drunk by 9 o'clock in the morning. Peter had never been to Nome. So from his perspective, he was right, you know. People don't get drunk by 9 o'clock in the morning. No, what you're seeing today was spoken by the prophet Joel. What was spoken by the prophet Joel? Can you imagine what they'd be thinking? They're all staggering around. Drunk people don't speak in tongues. So for them to say these people are drunk, there was more happening than tongues. You're saying this is a fulfillment of Joel's prophecy? What did Joel ever prophesy about this? Then he quotes it verbatim. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit on all my servants. All my servants. Not apostles, not evangelists. All servants. People think there's some, so, so few people tap into this. That anytime someone does, they think there's something special. I prophesied to someone that came true. I'm a prophet. Yo, just because you have ice cream in your freezer doesn't make you the Dairy Queen. The supernatural, it, the supernatural is supposed to be the order of the day for those that follow Jesus Christ. And these signs will follow all who believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. Who? All who believe. They will lay their hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Can you say amen? Amen. Can you say a better amen? Amen. No, what you're seeing today was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my spirit on all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark 
That's why there's all this stuff about the change of the climate and all that. It's the devil preparing people that when these signs happen in the heavens on the earth, they won't turn to God. They'll just blame, you know, chemical emissions. They'll miss the whole thing. But the Bible says it's going to get, there's going to be signs on there. The sun will become dark. The moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For the sake of time, verse 37. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, same crowd that was mocking him. Now he preaches under the anointing. Brothers, what should we do? Verse 38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that is promised to you, to your children, and to those who are far off. Amazing that Peter could see in the Spirit speaking while he's under the unction of the Holy Ghost. And Peter was king, this is for Jews only. But when he got in the anointing, this is for you, this is for your children, even for those who knows if he didn't see while he was speaking a vision of Alaskan people in Wasilla wearing clothes way different than him. In the f- for many that are even afar off, as many as are called by the name of the Lord our God. Can you say Amen. Then you will receive the gift. I want you to notice that even in the first message, there was not just a salvation message. It was you must repent and be saved and then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He didn't leave it. It wasn't left. He didn't say you must get saved and then six months from now we're having a retreat for those of you that are interested in taking your spiritual life a little deeper. No. It is not the icing on the cake. You know, my, my whole family was raised in the Assemblies of God. This isn't Assemblies of God church. It's interesting that we have Pentecost Sunday now. We used to have 52 Pentecost Sundays. They preached on the baptism of the Holy Ghost, signs and wonders every Sunday. Now it's become not here. That's why it's growing. But you go most places. They used to be Pentecostal. Tomorrow on Pentecost Sunday. By the way, today's Pentecost Sunday. And so we just want to say for some of you that have just started attending in the last two years that sometimes in this church you may hear uh, some things that, we, that you might not understand. And, you know, it comes from Acts. And then back to three keys to better managing your time or whatever the heck they're, they're talking about. But this was not something that was reserved for special occasions. This is something that right from the beginning, Peter said, you must repent of your sins be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, Jonathan, hold on a second because you always have, I know I'm sure there's some religious people that snuck in. So you're saying that you have to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? No, I didn't say that. But I will say you stand a much better chance, like much better. Because if you're going to live in this wicked world and only a fool asks how little can I get by with the first thing I ever did in ministry was youth pastor in Boston. I had a, a, a guy and his girlfriend come up to me. They were like 15 and 16. Jonathan, this movie's coming out, and we wanted to see it, but we heard you say that we shouldn't watch R-rated movies. But this movie's rated R, but it's just for violence. We looked it up on the Internet. There's no nudity. Um, do you think that we can watch it? I said, I'm going to tell you something. The way your brain works, you're already headed in the wrong direction. 
You don't ask, how close can I get to the cliff without falling in? You say, how close can I get to the heart of Jesus without being taken from the earth and step into heaven? If you saw, if you saw on Instagram, I met with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown at the Grand Canyon a couple days ago. He had never been there, so we, we drove up, and I showed him around because I, I love that place. And man, it's not, a, it's not a relaxing place to spend as an evangelist because it's just a bunch of people brainlessly flirting with the edge of a cliff, getting ready to fall in, and then if you warn them, they get mad at you. It's like, this isn't a vacation. This is what I do for my whole life. Hey, don't do that. You're going to die. Shut up. Who asked you? Dr. Rodney, Dr. Rodney had to like leave. He was just walking around. Hey, your son's past the barrier. Tell him to get back. People are like, hey. He's, and so after a while, he's just like this. Like, I can't be here. You're just watching people. They have no thought for their life, no thought for eternity. It's like life. People just walking around like non-playable characters on a video game. thought. But when, the, when that river comes into your heart, all of a sudden the things of this earth lose their value and people start to matter. And God starts to matter. And you start to realize I matter. God did not put me on this earth by accident. I am not the result of a man and woman hooking up one night. I was formed in my mother's womb by God. And before he formed me, he knew me and had a great plan for my life. If you, wanna, if you want to make heaven and kick the devil's rear end on the way up there, you don't say, what do I need? What's an essential? You say, Father, show me everything in this book that belongs to me through redemption, and I want it all. If it comes in my redemptive package, I want it. I want everything, and I want seconds of everything. I want too much. I want my cup not filled up. I want my cup to overflow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brothers, what should we do? Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to many who are far off, to everyone, to all. Everybody say all. all. All who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. Jonathan preaches long. Yeah, so did they. That's why God's, that's why God's having your pastor build a huge building where you can fit everyone in. If you missed that sermon, there was not a second showing at 10 o'clock. You missed it. If you heard the Beatitudes, Jesus preached it. When he preached it, there was not a second showing at 4 p.m. You missed it. They would gather everyone in a big crowd and let it rip. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this generation that has gone astray. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, 
there were about 3,000 added to the church that day. 120 people that got filled with the fire of God brought 3,000 sinners to the Lord in one day. And now in America, you have churches with 3,000 who don't have the fire of God that won't bring 120 people to the Lord in three years. The average church baptizes one new convert every three years. Because you can have the numbers, you can have the money, you can have the building, but if you don't have the fire, you are a waste of time. The devil will slap you around for free. But I didn't come to preach to those people. I came to tell you on the flip side. You can do, we got more than 120 here, do we not? And if we do what they did, the book of Acts is not something to marvel at. The book of Acts is a blueprint. If you do it the way I did it here, I will give you the results that they had. God's plan today is to put a river that bubbles out from the inside of you so that when you leave this room, everywhere your foot shall tread tomorrow, you will be on land that the Lord has given to you. You will knock out every plan of the devil and rescue your generation for God. Come on, if you know that's why you're here, clap your hands one more time and give God the highest praise. Come on, give Jesus the highest praise. Hallelujah. Boy, it's great to be in Alaska. Hallelujah. The last frontier. You shall receive power. Hallelujah. We used to sing it in children's church. There's a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. And one of the problems is, number one, you've got a large group of people that just don't even get, well, we don't get into that. We don't, you know, that's very confusing. There's been a lot of hurt. People that, yeah, okay. So they'll skip it. And then of the people that do get into it, they just bring everything to tongues. Well, I've sp- I heard Jonathan's preaching on the power of God. I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. And I- Let me tell you something. The Bible doesn't say just speak in tongues. It says live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Live and walk in the Spirit. There's a big difference between speaking Italian and living in Italy. God doesn't want you to just speak the language of heaven. He wants you to be able to manifest heaven while you're on the earth. That when you walk into a room, baby, things get different. I told you the story when I was here last year and the year before about, because it's one of the, the greatest displays of God's power I've ever seen, which was I, I looked up a barber shop in Pittsburgh. This lady in the purple or blue, black hair. Yeah, stand on your feet if you would. Step into the aisle and lift both hands. God's power is all over you. You're not in trouble. In Jesus' name. Keep your right hand up. Put your left hand on your belly. Receive that power in Jesus' mighty name. Let it flow out from within in the name of Jesus Christ. Be filled. In Jesus' mighty name. Never to be the same. From the inside out. There it is. There it is. 
everything out. Healed in your body and joy unspeakable and full of glory. It'll get stronger the whole time I preach. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, river of living water. God doesn't have you here to try to survive the attack of the devil. God has you here to be a frustration to every plan of the devil. Amen. When you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, there's, there's witches that live in my town. I think they put a curse on my family. But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, the witches have to go ask the other witches for prayer. There's a lady, excuse me, head witch. There's a lady that just moved in at the end of our neighborhood. And she went to that church. And when she came home after Sunday night, when she prays, we can't do any of our stuff. Nothing works. Devil won't even come near the block. It is not us fighting against him. Jesus already kicked his tail 2,000 years ago. And I've got good news for you today. When you get filled with him, filled with him, greater is he who lives in you than every demon put together that lives in this world. Everybody say a river. Say the river will flow from me and affect everything it hits. I'll read this to you if you weren't in the 11 o'clock service. This was sent to me from India just uh, in the middle of the night. JD, love you. I just received a testimony from Limitless TV, which is the station we're on in India. A lady's child, 10 years old, that was diagnosed with cancer and given up to die, got healed as they were watching one of your broadcasts. They didn't have enough money for treatment. They're just local village folks. She was sobbing over the phone, and we were sobbing with her as she told us. River, that an eight-year-old boy, me, could be minding my own business in Pittsburgh, and my parents send me up for bed, pick up the pajamas off the bed and look up, and there's an angel on the other side of the bed. And the angel says, Jonathan, God has reserved you for this last period of time to be an evangelist, to call men and women that are now in darkness into the light because soon it will be eternally too late. Do you understand? And I said, yes. Miss Reese says, two days a week to get speech therapy. When God called me to speak, I didn't even have the capacity to preach. You can't speak publicly for a living if you can't speak privately for free. Braces on my legs. Two non-surgical procedures that were done to straighten out my legs that neither of them worked. And when I said yes to that call and filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, when I was 31 years old preaching back in that same town where the angel called me, where I went to school, white-haired old lady comes up at the end of the service. Jonathan, you probably don't remember me. I was your preschool teacher. Where are the braces that were on your legs? Yeah, I was her little needs child in preschool with metal rods on my legs. I hear, I know you have the same name. You kind of look the same. That can't be you. How come your legs are normal? What happened to the braces that were on your legs? I said, they're back in hell with my speech impediment. Return to sender. Just because Amazon sends something to your house doesn't mean you have to sign for it. You can send that sucker back to hell and say, I'm not taking anything that doesn't belong to the plan of God.
Your metal braces on your legs or your speech impediment might be a heroin problem, Percocet problem, suicidal thoughts, something the devil saddled you with so that you would just sit around the rest of your life, never impact anybody. But when that fire gets on you, that fire will burn off every unclean thing. The fire will do something to you. <laughs> you light somebody on fire, they're going to forget pretty quick whether they're Presbyterian, Catholic, or anything else. You're not going to see somebody set on fire. How come you're not screaming? Well, I was raised in a very conservative home. and No. They're going to run, shout, scream. They're on fire. And that fire then begins to burn off. In fact, I didn't take the time to read it. Probably should have. John chapter 7, right after verse 37, of, uh, John three sixteen. One is coming who's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to tie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And that fire will burn up all the chaff. It's not you trying to get the victory over bad language or anger. The fire will just begin to burn those things out where you just don't want it anymore. I'm telling you tonight, you're not leaving here with your leg braces, with your speech impediment, with your depression. The fire of God will burn it all out. Before, before that river does anything through you, it'll sure do something for you. You get touched first. People, you know, a lot of preachers aren't like your pastor. They've never been in the anointing in like 20 years, even in their own. So, boy, Jonathan, I saw the schedule you've been keeping. You must be tired, tired. I quit for the people's sake. You know, you see somebody shaving in the back and changing clothes, time to wrap it up. You see somebody celebrating a birthday in the back, then you see a second person later on then celebrating their birthday. You've preached too long. But you know what's flowing through me to you? The water pipe gets to taste the water first. So you get in a very interesting predicament where the more, the more you go, it's not my virtue that I'm giving the people. It's not my energy that I'm expending. There's something that will flow through you and out of you. And as it's flowing through, you're getting renewed. I'm going to tell you, there's been so, <laughs> hallelujah, there has been so many times where I didn't feel at the top of my game physically going to preach, and so selfishly, I would announce a healing service. Tonight, I'm going to preach on healing. Then I'm going to lay hands on everybody. Usually, before I could finish the message, whatever was in me was cleared out, and then if it took till laying on of hands, you get about, be healed, be healed. It's charging through you. By, by about one-third of the way through, I'd start dancing. Nobody knew why I was dancing because I got what I was given to the people came through me first. When you're in league with Jesus, giving out that water, you never go thirsty. It's a fountain that never runs dry. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. First the river will touch you. Two people that are in the same pit can't help each other out. You have to get changed first, not try to get changed. God's plan is not keep me in prayer. And keep me in prayer, pastor, and keep me in prayer. You're going to stay bound. You need the fire. They could have kept praying for Peter to, 
Peter didn't get free by attending a seminar dealing with cowardice. Thomas did not get free by going to a session overcoming doubt. They got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And don't forget the second part. And fire. And when they caught that fire, you read, they don't say much about Thomas in the Bible. But if you read church history, he goes down to India and works the works of Christ and turns all those people. There's a Christian community in India. It's one of the oldest in the world. Just one little part where he went, took the gospel there. They were going to be backed out. The Bible says Stephen wasn't even an apostle, was a deacon. Amazing the people with his wisdom and the mighty miracles that were being done through him. Turn to Genesis 49. I was going to save this for another day, but I'm, I'm going to read it real quick. Hallelujah. Praise God. Genesis 49.9. Prophesying over his sons, the 12 tribes. This is what he says about Judah. Judah, my son, my son is a young lion that has finished eating his prey. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lion, who dares to rouse him? The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nations will honor. He ties his foal to a grapevine, the coat of his donkey to a choice vine. He washed... His eyes are red with wine. Verse 12, his eyes are red with wine and his teeth white with milk. Jesus is the lion of what tribe? Judah. Judah. That's what it says in Revelation chapter 5, uh, verses 2 to 5. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And the Bible says we are, we're sons of God the Father, but we're brothers with who? Jesus, same father. So what tribe, what tribe is the church in? Judah, the tribe of praise. And you know what he prophesied that Judah would be like? This hit me in St. Louis preaching. I never saw it before. His eyes will be red with wine and his teeth white with milk. What's the white with milk? 1 Peter 2, 2. Crave the spiritual nourishment of the milk of God's word. His mouth will drip with the word of God. And his eyes will be red with wine. What's red with wine? Go to Anchorage. One o'clock tonight, hang out and watch people come up that have been like really drinking. Not social drinking. The commercials on TV don't scare them or make them feel bad. Drinking, drinking. Red eyes. Under the intoxication of that spirit. And the Bible says, when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, the ones on the outside said, these men are drunk. With new wine. Peter didn't say, no, we're not drunk. I'm sorry that this... He said, we're not drunk as you suppose. The Bible was saying that in that day, the tribe of Judah would have the word of God consumed in their mouth and coming out of their mouth. And simultaneously, their eyes would be dark red under the intoxication of that wine. Milk, a type of the word. Wine, a type of the Holy Ghost. Be not drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Ephesians 5. But instead, be overfilled. If you study it, it's not filled. They don't have an English word for it. It's continually filled. 
intoxicated. Say intoxicated. intoxicated. I mean, that, that's where I'm at right now. People don't even, I think he's taking it too far. Why don't you try taking it too far? See where it takes you. It'll take you too far. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's like that old story. You ever remember those old things that uh, were filled with uh, helium? Or it wasn't helium. It was some hydrogen. They burned down. They quit using them. One time they were working on them in a yard. And the guys holding on to it, the thing ripped loose of the mooring and started to go up into the air. So some guys had enough sense to let go right away. Other guys hung on for a little while and then dropped off as it was going up into the sky. And then some guys, for whatever reason, held on too long and then fell off and died because it was too high. But one guy kept holding on and kept holding on. The thing's way up in the air. They finally send something up to go fly up and rescue the guy. Just like in the, like the 30s, 40s in Texas. Hangs on 40 minutes, 60 minutes. The guy won't drop. And when they bring him down, they said, how did you hang on that long? He said, oh, I wasn't hanging on. He said, when it ripped loose, I quickly took the rope and tied it around me. I wasn't holding on to it. It was holding on to me. And for many people, their Christianity is them trying to hold on. But if you get full of the Holy Ghost, you won't hold on to it. He will hold on to you and take you where you're meant to go. You know, Peter got publicly rebuked for denying those three, uh, Christ three times. All the disciples knew about it. So I promise you, though it's not recorded in Scripture, there is no way that when he was the one that stepped forward and started shouting to the crowd of mockers that the guys weren't thinking, who is this? And I'll tell you another thing that's not in the Bible that I also know for a fact because I've had it happen to me. I guarantee you when Peter was about halfway through the message, he thought, who in the world is this guy? I'm not brave. I don't know Joel chapter 2 verbatim. I don't know any of this stuff. I don't know. The, it's just shooting out from within. If the devil can divorce your Christianity from the power of the Holy Ghost, it's going to be the most miserable experience you've ever had. You know when you shouldn't drink. You know when you shouldn't go to parties. I'm a Christian. But when you have that river pouring out of you, Number one, it does a change in you, a great change to your mind, to your spirit, to your mouth, where your mouth actually carries power from heaven. And then as the river starts cleansing you and changing you, he'll start to flow out of you. If you study the gifts of the spirit, all it is is basically breaking down the flow of that river out of you into nine parts, three that deal with your mind, Discerning the spirits, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Three that deal with your mouth, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. And three that deal with the power of God flowing through your body. Gift of faith, special faith. That's what Daniel had. When they throw you in a lion's den and you make a pillow out of one of their manes, that's a gift of faith. Gift of faith. Gifts of healings. Working of miracles. When you let that river flow, Smith Wigglesworth said, never concern yourself with what gifts you operate in. Concern yourself with staying overfilled with the Holy Spirit and you'll be a candidate to be used in any of the nine gifts at any time. Because the Bible says it's the same spirit that works all along. 
They're just outflows of the Holy Ghost. That's what God wants for you. Christianity is not about one guy in a blue suit and a red tie. Uh, I guess it's blue now. And you watching him, wow, Jonathan's anointed. I like when he comes every year. A minister, that's why even the name is, the, is a verb. He's supposed to minister what the Lord did to him into the people. Freely you have received, now freely give. Don't give them little information for their mind. You give them something in here that the next time they're confronted by the devil, there'll be a lion on the inside. And the devil said, who is that lady? Her eyes look different. And then God begins to use you by the Spirit. That's what the book of Acts is. And the Lord spoke to Peter, get down here. And the Lord spoke to Paul to do this. And the Lord said, give him this message. You operate on that plane. And what would take you 15 years or what you could never accomplish in your whole life just starts to flow and happen with ease. You don't have to live on the natural plane. You hear me? You don't have to live on the natural plane. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, he will show you things to come. They will see visions. I knew if you asked me what I was going to do when I was eight years old after I saw that angel, I'd tell you exactly what I'm doing right now 30 years later. I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to travel around the world and preach. And I, because I know. I didn't fill out a little quiz and fill in A, C, D, add up all the scores. Oh, and said I should be a speaker. No. I had an encounter with the God who made me. And he said, why? He set me aside. You have a mission on this earth, my son, to be an evangelist, not a pastor. That's why I don't have a church. You think I could be, if I didn't hear the voice of God, I could be struggling somewhere with 25 people wondering why my church, I did the wrong thing. But when God gives you direction, everybody say divine direction. I will show you things. that He'll show you the steps to take. He'll show you the end destination and he'll show you where to put your feet. The Holy Spirit is not meant to be a sideshow. He is the driving engine of Christianity. In fact, read the Old Testament. The priest, they would take the blood of the lamb, put the blood on his right earlobe, right thumb, right big toe. And then after the blood, they would take the oil and put the oil on the right ear, right thumb, right big toe. You don't receive Jesus Christ and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In the Old Testament, it was the blood and the oil. The blood was to cleanse what you heard, cleanse your hands for service, cleanse your feet for action and where you walk. And then the oil was to empower your hearing, empower your hand, and empower your feet to go where God tells you to go. Eyes will be red with wine teeth white with milk. With the word, without the spirit, you dry up. All milk, no wine, you dry up. All wine, no milk, you blow up, become a weirdo. But when you put the wine and the milk together, it's like C4 in a detonator. And I know I'm in Alaska, I don't have to say how many of you have been fishing. You're forced to fish when you're like six months old. You hear all the Baptists talk about how to win souls, different baits for different fish, and we have to do, let me tell you something about fishing. There are different baits for different fish, but a stick of dynamite in the water works on every type of fish. 
And the Greek word, the Greek word for you shall receive power, the power word in the Greek is dunamis. The same root you draw dynamite from. It's not a gentle power. It's an an eruption where you can erupt. I read you that story. You think of that. That just by speaking. Can you imagine your 10-year-old girl get diagnosed with cancer? You live in the bush in India. You can't even afford pain medication for it. Then you make the mistake of putting on television and some skinny white guy from America is yelling. You don't have to die. You can live. You don't have to be sick. You can call on the name of the Lord and he will deliver you. And at some point they believed it. And when they believed Boom! Blue cancer out of her system. Hallelujah. I want to be red-eyed and white-teethed till I'm 100 years old. I want to come back to Wasilla one day, 60 years from now, if Jesus hasn't come back, and you tell your great-great-grandson. I used to watch him preach when he was 38. He used to not be so loud. He didn't used to jump so much. I'm not running on natural strength. I made a decision. I'm going to run. On supernatural oil. I'm going to pray for everybody that would like prayer. But before I do, I just want to, rather than tell you about how the Holy Spirit flows, of course, you've seen a degree of it now, but I, I just want to show you like what I grew up on, you know. My grandfather was a simple guy from West Virginia. He loved the power of God. He hated weak services. He hated dry. He hated it. And he raised his four sons. They hated it. And that hate got passed to me. I, I, I used to think it was normal till I went to, I thought, you know, when you go to church, you have a move of the Holy Ghost. You preach the word until the power comes behind the word. But a lot of people never seen it. So I want to show you my uncle. You know, I've just been preaching whatever, uh, 17 years now, but my Uncle Ted has been doing it for over 40 years, used to travel with a guy named R.W. Schambach, and man, you know, if you think I'm crazy, you already think I'm crazy, so I might as well tell you more crazy stuff. My Uncle Ted was a little boy, you know, for me it was in my bedroom. For my Uncle Ted, he was seven years old playing in a field in West Virginia, and Jesus came to him in the field and said, when you're old, I'm going to give you a gift, and when you're older, you'll know what people's wrong with them, tell them what's wrong. And when you pray for them, it, and when you tell them, it'll give them faith to receive. And when you pray for them, I'll heal them. So I grew up watching that. And I want to show it to you because they, it's, it's not, wow, he's a great. No, it's the whole, there are no great men. There are just men that decide to greatly yield themselves to the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and roll the video, and then I'm going to pray for you at the end. little sister. Could you hold her Bible and stuff, please? Hallelujah. Everybody lift your hands. Hallelujah. Take a step of faith. Now listen, when the gifts of the Spirit start working, it's like throwing a stone in a pond, the ripples go out. As the ripples go out, that means you get a touch, even though I may not be speaking to you specifically. If you'll release your faith, God will touch you. Amen. 
Hold your glasses in your hand. You have two conditions. Even though you have glasses, what it doesn't reveal, you're starting to lose your sight in one of your eyes and there's pressure building up. Isn't that right? True? Surgery. No, don't even go there. I haven't prayed for you yet. Yes, yes. Can I take my coat off? Now listen, <clears throat> I was kidding. We understand that a great church like this has staff who are taking care of your children. If you're a parent, and you need to get your children. It's all right. But I, 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 I'm going to pray for people for a minute. Yes, sir. Because the Lord told me, I saw you in my room when I prayed yesterday. You will not go blind in your right eye. You understand that? And whatever else the Lord would show, I receive it. You feel that? That's the Holy Ghost. I command that spirit of blindness to come out. She shall not lose her eyesight. Can you help her back up? Thank you. Everybody lift your hands. The anointing's here. Also, you've been struggling to get your sugar into the right level and your blood pressure. And the Lord now, I command your blood pressure to go to normal. Sugar levels stay in the normal level. The eye is healed. Vision. Someone shout vision. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. May I pray for you, ma'am? Come here, please. Man, six guys. This is a well-organized church. Yes, ma'am. Bless your heart. Take my hand. When you have a broken heart or you've lost something, it hurts. But the Lord is going to restore to you today what the devil took. you believe that? Amen. A couple of weeks ago, you almost said, well, what's the use of even serving God if these things happen? Isn't that right? Yes. You sat on the edge of a bed. I see the vision. And you said, Lord, if you're real, <laughs> somehow show me that you're going to help me. D didn't you say that? It was in your bedroom. Isn't that right? And I wasn't there, but I am now by the Spirit. The power of God's on her. She shall not go to hell. She shall not turn her back on the Lord. She shall receive a touch. You ready? You shall be filled with the Holy Ghost and serve God with a great fire. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lift your hand. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord shows me you've been faithful. This is your church. Is that right? And somehow you've served Brother Parsley in the past and by partnering and praying and believing. I see that. When you share with another, such as our dear brother Parsley, who we love, then there's a measure of that reward the Bible speaks of that comes on you. You believe that with me? I won't do this. Lay your hand right here on your chest. I command a supernatural anointing to come on your body today to strengthen you, to strengthen you. I don't understand it other than the Lord shows me sometimes the rhythm of your heart gets a little off and your heart will race a little bit and you feel it. Isn't that right? That's correct. And uh, you've had physicals, you've been checked, but you have been kind of watching it. Would that be a good way to say it? That's correct. Kind of watching it. <laughs> 
Wait on the Lord. Everybody lift your hands. Others of you that may have had issues with heart shall be healed. I command the rhythm of your heart to stay normal. When it does, your blood pressure will come to the right level and stay there, not up and down like you've been dealing with. Isn't that right? And then recently in the back of your neck and shoulder, isn't that right? That's correct. Arthritis has tried to come in your bones and to cripple you up in a form of rheumatism. But I curse all the itis brothers. Arthur and the whole crowd. Bursitis, all the itis. By impartation and laying on the hands, you sh there shall be healed in your body. Someone say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Someone say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Someone say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and give God the glory. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb of God. We give you the glory, Lord. Hallelujah. Someone say forever and forevermore. Everybody lay your hand on your body and receive healing if you need it, strength if you need it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. May I pray for you, ma'am? Come, please. Take a walk of faith with us. Mm, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, tell me where would I be? Oh, where would I be? You go to this church, ma'am? You believe Jesus will touch you today? You have something in your body that needs to be healed. And the Lord will do it. You believe that with me? Yes, I do. I won't do this. Lay your hand on this part of your stomach. You've had some symptoms, but you just pass it off. Okay, maybe. Not maybe. You know you have. Sometimes it pains there a little bit, and then when you turn, you feel it. Isn't that right? Yes. Amen. You must be a new believer. I'll just use my faith. I curse this cancer in the name of Christ. Be healed. Hallelujah. Hello. Ma'am. Someone say yes, Lord. Say yes, Lord. Power of God is here. Lift your hands. The anointing is here. Stand, little lady. Step out in the aisle. Look at me. You know I don't know you. As far as I know, we've never spoken. You need healed in your back, and the Lord's going to do it. Isn't that right? You have three discs that have deteriorated down to nothing. Isn't that right? Yes. Now, how do I know that unless God really does speak to me? And apparently, he still wants us to be here at 5 after 12 because he's still moving. Isn't that right? And then one of your hips now has begun to go bad. Are those things so? They are so. What would you say if I told you that you shall receive the working of miracles now? I'm not going to pray for God to heal three bad discs. I'm going to ask him to give you all new ones. 
right through here. Isn't that right? Yes, Where my hand is. Yes, you could have said, no, it's up higher, but it's right here. No, right there. Do you feel that move? Yes. I believe he's doing it right now. Loose. Oh. Now, if someone touched you, that would be painful, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Watch this. You don't feel that, do you? Thank you, Lord, for three brand new discs and a new hip. Hallelujah! What's that? I thought he forgot about me. You thought he forgot about you. Watch this. Take my hands. Take my hand. Take a step of faith. Now watch So anyway, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how with, with the anointing, you don't even know that lady. We're not even, that, we might as well have been an extension of that meeting live. Everybody's clapping. It's the Holy Ghost. Amen. My friend that's guarding the door, if you would just stand up and take two steps forward before I close out the meeting. Take one more step, lift both hands, close both eyes. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. Build in Jesus' mighty name. Done. In Jesus' mighty name. You know, after you've been in a meeting like that, it's hard to get impressed by psychics. There's someone in here who knows a lady whose name starts with A. You feel like, keep practicing. <laughs> the devil can mimic what God does, but there ain't nothing like the real thing. <laughs> and I want to encourage you tonight. Don't settle for a form of what this world tries to substitute for that new one. Get full of the real thing tonight the reason you were created. I said it's the reason you were created was to hook in with that power and then God used you. You saw my Uncle Ted there. Who would think one guy from West Virginia can go into Columbus, Ohio like that and you just blow out stuff the devil had people locked down with for years in one night. That lady, I know the feeling. Many of you know the feeling. When the devil tries to attack you, the second thing that comes right alongside it is God forgot about you. It's not worth, but then when the, <laughs> that's why the milk with the teeth and the red eyes. Not only is there the power of God, the word of God that lets you know I haven't forgotten about you. I'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. I want to tell every man and woman, whether you're five or 95, God's not finished with you yet. God is not through blessing you. Your best days are not in your rearview mirror. Your best days are to come. I'm going to tell you two things right now. As we take this first week of this month and dedicate it to the Lord twice a day. If Muslims can go five a day, we can do two a day. As we take that time, you tell your boss you have to be in church at noon. And tell me, well, you don't have to be. You say, I'll sue you. 
We have special meetings. I am a Christian. This is discrimination. Quit asking to see when you can go to church and get in the house of God. And as you take, I want you to see it this way. As you make it a one-week investment, I want you to do it every time you come in the door. Tell the Lord on the way in. I'm doing this to give the first week of these last seven months, not just the first week of June, the first week of these final seven months of this year 2019 for you to crown this year with glory. That every month will overflow with testimonies that surely the Lord has done great things and God will do it. I said God will do it. I said God will do it for you. Every issue of concern, everything you came in here with, it will not survive Friday. We put every attack under a curse and the windows of heaven open over your life and pour out a blessing so great. You won't have enough room to take it all in. Stand on your feet, everybody. I'm going to pray for everybody who'd like prayer in just a couple of minutes. But you heard what I said out of the Old Testament. Before they applied the oil, what was it that they applied? The blood. Because you can't, God will not put his spirit in an unclean vessel. Sin and the anointing can't mix. It's like if somebody stinks. If you put a lotion on them to make them smell better, somehow the lotion actually combines with the B.O. and makes an even worse smell. You can't combine God's power in uncleanness. It doesn't work. So the first thing, it's why Calvary was first. He shed his blood to take all of the uncleanness out so you could be a pure vessel. Don't listen to people. How many of you know we're all sinners? No, we're not. Speak for yourself. I've been cleansed. Not I'm being cleansed. I've been cleansed. I've been born again. I've been delivered. I've been redeemed from sin. But I want you to, I want you to notice because it's the way Peter preached it and it's how Jesus said it. Calvary was not an end to itself. How many of you know we should keep us near the, keep us close to the cross? No, why don't you try going past the cross on to Pentecost? Because the purpose of the cross was to redeem you. This lady in the purple tank top, would you mind if I prayed for you? Yeah, come right out to the side if you don't mind. Make sure your husband doesn't mind either because he looks like he could beat me up. I'm always very respectful in Alaska. Everyone looks tough and they're all caring. <laughs> Lift your right hand to the Lord. Put your left hand on your belly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now that hand that you have up to the Lord, now put that on your heart. And underneath both of those hands passes the power of God. You get that? More? More? <laughs> Go right through. Jesus, mighty name. More? <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to struggle one more day. Jesus paid an extremely high price. For us to walk in victory from the moment our feet hit the ground in the morning till when we go to bed at night and then dream good dreams all the night through. 
I'm, tell, I'm going to tell you right now. There will be a breakthrough for the state of Alaska this week while we're having these meetings. I know in my spirit right now. That thing I said kind of jokingly about when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, witches won't be able to meet in your neighborhood. I'm telling you off of the strength of tonight's meeting and through this week, everything that is planned in the dark realm for the destruction of the people of Alaska is being disrupted right now. They won't be able to operate this week. This is a week for the angels of God, the Holy Spirit, to sweep through the families of Wasilla and Anchorage and the state of Alaska. Alaska won't be lost. Alaska shall be saved. I feel like running through those little villages up there and telling them, I heard they banned alcohol here, but you like to drink. I have good news. I brought a wine that they can't ban. And you can have all you want. You can live drunk, you know. That's my plan. I don't want to be like Samson anymore. Hop into the anointing to do battle. Hop out. I'm not doing it. I want to live drunk. You know, when you're drunk, you don't care how much money you have. You just get what you want. When you're drunk, you're happy. When you're drunk, you feel like you can fight anybody anytime. That's how little David was. He didn't go after Goliath before he got the oil poured on him. He went after. And he was drunk. Thought he could fight anybody. Who is this big guy? I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> they tried to talk him out of it, but he was too drunk. When you get out of being drunk, you remember how much money you have. You remember your limitations. You try to be realistic. I want you to lift your hands all over this place. 120 people growing to 3,120 in one hour is not realistic. That takes the red wine of the Holy Ghost making your eyes red. In the name of Jesus, I loose this anointing to you tonight that you will live intoxicated by the Spirit of God. That you'll never consider your own ability, your own limitation. That you will be so wrapped up in God's living in you. His power working mightily through you. That it'll just bellow out of your belly. I can do all things. I can do all things. Because Christ is giving me strength. Amen. This lady with the blonde streak on your hand. Come right out. Power of God's all over you. Praise God. Don't get in a hurry. I don't have a watch on, but it can't be that late. It's still bright out. <laughs> Lift both hands, close both eyes. Hallelujah. He's real, man. Hallelujah. Go right in there. In Jesus' name. You got it. More? Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one moving around, please. If you're here tonight and you're not serving the Lord Jesus Christ, you've never been cleansed by his blood from your sin. 
I know you probably haven't heard the word sin before. They don't even say it in church anymore. Everybody just has issues and baggage, personality quirks and little personal problems. But the Bible calls it a word called sin. It's a spiritual curse that separates you from God. It, It jacks everything up. You mix in a little sin, it steals victory, nullifies what God wants done in your life. It's a rotten thing. And until you're disgusted with it, you never get delivered from it. And it actually takes the anointing to get you disgusted with it. Like sitting here, there's things that you'd like to do that after about an hour of this, you know, what am I doing? To I don't want that anymore. That's the fire hopping on you and burning it. But if you want to get the full effect, you can't go to heaven by sitting in somebody's service and enjoying the presence of God coming off of them. You must be born again. You personally. You saw my uncle on the video. He's my uncle. That did absolutely nothing for me to be saved. I had to get saved. God, the old saying, God has no grandchildren, only children. You can't get by off your mom and dad. And if you had a rotten mom and dad that don't like God, don't, that doesn't have to affect you either. Somebody has to make up their mind. I'm going to serve the Lord God with all my heart. Some of you have never done that. Listen. Some of you have never done that, and others of you once did it. Maybe you're like my age now, and then at a vacation Bible school when you were eight, you got saved, but you're not living for the Lord now. It's a very easy thing to let happen. Take your foot off the gas, just become an Alaskan, just become an American. It's a strong pull, the spirit of this world. You went to those little Inuit villages here in Alaska. Everybody looked like an Eskimo. Then you go now, once they got TV and cable and the internet, everybody's got a Yankees hat on backwards. Never been to New York. Don't know any Yankees. The world has a way to pull you into its thing. You start dressing like people you don't know. Man, you're way right to hell. You don't have to go to hell. You can let Jesus change you and be a citizen of heaven who resides on this earth. If you fall into either of those two groups, either you've never received Jesus Christ or you once did, but you fell away, got hooked in with a boyfriend that didn't know the Lord, next thing you know, you're not really serving him. Girlfriend, whatever. Somebody died in your family and it just hit you and you you haven't been right since, haven't been reading your Bible. The devil's trying to use that tragedy to just pull you out. But his plan is undone today. Everything God's going to do in Alaska this week, it's going to start here with you. Where there's going to be people that walk out of this room that you came in here on your way to hell, but you leave not only on your way to heaven, you leave with the devil sorry he didn't kill you when he had the chance because you destroy his plan for the rest of your life. If you fall into either of those two groups, either you've never received Jesus Christ or you once did, but if you're honest with me, and Alaskans are very honest people, well, yeah, uh, people don't have pride here. They, they tell you the truth. You say, Jonathan, the truth is I'm not living like I should. I've allowed things to become a part of my life that I know will keep me from heaven, but that ends today. I give my life to Jesus. If you fall into either of those two groups and want to do that, I want to put you, you to put your hand up high and wave it at me right now, and we'll pray. God bless you. Anyone else before we pray? Very quickly, I want everybody that lifted their hand, because the Bible says so. Come out from the crowd and be ye separate. They had to come over the line to say, I'm going to serve the Lord. You know, staying with the crowd's what got you in trouble in the first place. So God asks you to do an action, which is to come out of the crowd. Everyone that lifted your hand, just come out from where you're standing and join me at the front right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. You go ahead and clap for them as they come.
welcome them. Hallelujah. Come as close to the front as you can. God bless you guys. Anybody else before we pray? Praise the Lord. Just lift both hands to God. Lift both your hands and then close both eyes. And then I'm going to give you the words to say to God in prayer, but don't say them like a recital. Pray them from your heart. Say this out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I've come forward tonight to give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in your blood. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus Christ is King of kings, Lord of lords, and my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your power. Where I was weak, make me strong. In Jesus' name. Now declare this. I am saved. I'm forgiven. I'm clean. I'm free. I'm on my way to heaven. I'll never turn back. In Jesus' name. Keep your hands lifted and let me bless you. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every plan of the wicked for your life is declared destroyed now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. How old are you? How old are you? How old are you? Eight. Welcome. God bless you. Let me do this. If you received Jesus just now, I'm, what, just if I may, oh, go right ahead. If you would, let me see your right hand. Lift your other hand to the Lord. I'm just going to tell you this. The Bible says they put ropes around Samson. And when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, the ropes fell off as if they were burned by fire. Whatever the enemy has wrapped around your life that feels like it'll never come off, even while you were praying, he was whispering, it ain't going to help, you're, you're too far in. It goes now. That's it. Be filled. And every unclean thing in your bloodstream comes out too. That's it. New law, new heart, there it is. New bloodstream. That's it. All gone. In Jesus' mighty name. We want to help you grow in the things of God so there's some folks that are around you and going to help minister to you, just get some information so we can help you grow in the things of the kingdom. So leaders, would you go right ahead and minister to these?
while they're doing that, why don't you give the Lord one more great hand clap for all the souls that have come into the kingdom of God. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.